Because of the coronavirus epidemic and to respect social distancing guidelines, this episode of Civil Politics was recorded remotely over Zoom. Good evening and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow. I'm doing the show tonight with my usual crew of unfortunate suckers who uh, have to put up with me. Uh, I mean, good friends, uh, Genre and Sue. Hello hey there. And uh, also, uh, we are joined tonight by uh, a, a, another guest, uh, Garrick Perry, who's uh, running to be on the uh, Northampton City Council in one of their at-large seats. Um if uh, we had uh, uh, Marissa Elkins and uh, David Murphy on uh, last week, and uh, I haven't heard back from um, Mr. Martin, the other candidate, uh, but I, I did actually send him an email to invite him on. So uh, possibly we'll get him in next week. We'll see. But um, anyway, uh, yeah. And if you want to uh, contact the show, please do. It's uh, contact at civilpoliticsradio.com, which is, of course, also our dedicated website with previous episodes of the show and supplementals and other materials and good stuff like that. So um, and a no doubt terribly inspiring mission statement. I was just reminded I wrote years ago. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, Garrick. Hi. Um, Garrick and I have known each other for oof, almost 20 years now, I think, because Garrick actually used to be a regular and even appreciated customer <laughs> at my comic book store, Modern Myths, for many Wait, years. Not all the customers were. Oh, no, no, no. Of course you were. You, you, you were my favorite genre. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. We loved all of our customers' money the best. I mean, uh, customers. Customers, yes. Okay, that, um, that makes more sense. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> how much How much love do you have to give me? Um, yeah. Old so, box. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. Uh, and I, I've like I said, I've known uh, Garrick for years. Uh, you used to come by the store, uh, bring your uh, adorable little munchkins who are now at least medium-sized munchkins, if not full-grown you know, grownups or whatever. They're getting there. They're they're 13 and 11 at this point. So good God. So they could drive me around. Good God. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's, and that's and they the should. Dream. That's how I measure time is when my children can driving Miss Force. Yeah, actually. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, uh, good to know your pronouns, too. Um, you know, in the meantime, you can certainly have them carry you around on a palanquin or, you know, other sedan chair kind of thing. Um, but yeah, you're also uh, I knew you as a force uh, uh, in the alchemistics. But uh, yeah, you're here to talk about being uh, on the city council. So you're currently the counselor for Ward 4 and you're finishing your first term in that job. First term, first rodeo, and I decided to go back for another scoop. All right, and but not not for just those folks in Ward Four, but for the whole Dern City as one of two at-large counselors. Yes. So, why should people pick you to be uh, one of their at-large counselors? Uh, what, I mean, is there something you've done as counselor in Ward Four that you're proud of, or a project that you're like, "Hey, we started working on this, and it's great, and I want to do more," or 
you know, is it just about, you know, the fame and adulation? Well, I would say it's not about the fame and adulation, because if you're a city councilor, you can attest that uh, most <laughs> the contacts you have are not people uh, heaping a lot of praise upon you. So uh, and, and if I needed yeah. that, I would continue to just be the MC for the Alchemistics. Uh, right. So <laughs> for, for me, bigger yeah. audience for your band, you're saying. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, what? In, in fact, my band has stopped playing uh, as much as we could because of my city councilorship. Oh, so, oh OK. Uh, and, and, and it was a it was a choice I made uh, yep. to do this. But, you know, the reason why I am running for at large and, and not running for War 4 again is, uh, well, A, I, I love the job. I've really enjoyed my time uh, as a counselor. You know, up, up front, I, I love the city of Northampton. Uh, I've loved it forever. I've spent most of my adult life in the city uh, working in, you know, I was working in a station, cook shop here, uh, you know, Sylvester's. Uh, and, and again, my band has played everywhere. I, and I also used to manage Bishop's Lounge. So I, I spent a lot of years yeah. um, you know, in the service and entertainment industry, building community. Um, and, and when I became a counselor, I, I realized that I love it more just dealing with the mayor's office and, and the other counselors, the constituents I've talked to uh, really showed me that there are passionate people who love our city, who want to make it better. And um, you know, why I'm not running for Ward four and, and why I'm running for at large is because I, I want to continue that. And I want to continue it um, in a way that speaks for all of the, the citizens of Northampton. Um, I see us, at, at a unique crossroads. When I first ran, we were at another crossroads. We were just coming out of COVID, uh, which yep. I, I believe affected every community uh, deeply. But I think that uh, COVID really hit Northampton harder than most. We're a city built on our entertainment, um, our, our cuisine, our culture, our arts. Uh, and it's taken a lot to to bring that back. And so in my first term mm. as War 4 counselor, uh, I've been really working hand in hand with the city and as well as the Chamber of Commerce with the Downtown Northampton Association to, to put on events and create community to bring people back. Um, you know, I, I worked on Summer on Strong, uh, expanding that. The first year that it happened, Summer on Strong was led by businesses. You know, Deb from Eastside mm -hmm. Grill, they, you know, laced up their boots and they had an idea and they, they ran with it. And so... Uh, my first year as a counselor was the first year the city really got involved other than, you know, blocking off uh, the, the parking spaces. The, you know, two years ago when I got elected, we we came in and, and the city put in money. We bought tables. We we did stuff to bolster that. Um, and I had the pleasure of expanding Summer on Strong to Masonic Street Live, which is behind the Haymarket. Uh, so mm -hmm. I, I booked the Saturday events for that. Uh, and, and then again this year, we expanded it again to uh, bands on Brewster, which I still like to call garage bands because it's between the brewery yeah. and the garage. Um, and, you know, so, so I was doing that stuff in my first term. And I think that there's more to be done. You know, we were coming out of a transition from COVID and I see us as we prepare for redesigning our main street uh, that we're going to go through another change. And for me, it's, it's always been about community and community building and you know, while I enjoyed the work that I did on Summer and Strong Masonic Street, uh, the elephant in the room has always been, well, Eric Seward, but also the fact that there is uh, no brick and mortar venues for musicians anymore. Yeah. And now we are at a point where there's the possibility, there is the the reality that 
the Iron Horse will be opening up again next year. The Calvin will be opening up again. Um, and I feel that with my unique skill set of being a, a integral part of the entertainment and service industry, that I, I do have a vision for Northampton uh, and what we can be and what we can do. Um, <clears throat> You know, when I talk about community and I talk about entertainment, uh, it's, it's not just fun things for people to do, which, which is a great part of it. Uh, but I see the economic value in our entertainment. Um, you know, Northampton has been reviving itself since COVID. You know, our, our meal taxes are up, our hotel taxes are up, but they're doing that in an environment which is still leaving a lot of money on the table. Um, I, I say mm -hmm. that a city is as strong as its nightlife because it is, you know, you need, you need places for your service industry workers to, to visit. You need places for your tourists to come and go out when the lights are uh, mm -hmm. off. And so, right. That makes uh, sense. You know, right now, Northampton is in this place where we're trying to revitalize these industries. And um, I, I, I think that I have the skill set to help guide the city towards that. Um, you know, I've been doing the work to do that. And I also know that in the past, the reason why we're here is because there was no one uh, paying attention to how the city operates at night. You know, Eric didn't end up in this position by himself. There wasn't a, a vacuum uh, until each and every other small venue started closing. So when Silent Cows, you know, back when I met you, uh, Michael. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Silent yeah. Silent Cows used to be there. We, you know, my friend Ronnie Kwan used to hold an event lush and that Silent Cows is for anyone listening is where Yes Computers is, and uh, sure. it had a vibrant nightlife there. You, you know, we did events on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and uh, you know, we also had the Elevens, which back then was Harry's. Um, you know that that was open. We had things like the Grotto. I can't remember when Sheehan's Cafe closed, but I mean that's <laughs> yeah. You know. well, I mean, there's also like you said, nightlife like the Met like Metro. Yeah, um, yeah. Club Metro, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah, oh, and, I used to go to Goth Night all the time there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come to think <laughs> of it, yeah. And and also the Bay State Hotel. And the base, and, and when all of those places started closing, um, while it seemed like small dominoes falling, it was a, it was a bigger th uh, effect for me. Uh, mm -hmm. And it left us in a place where we, we didn't have independent spaces. And so I worry that if someone who isn't uh, aware of that dynamic and that situation is there, you know, we can open up as many venues as we want, but they can also collapse very quickly without uh, a gentle guiding hand. And I think that, um, you know, I, I, it's, it's the work I love. Again, it's, it's community building, but it's something that I bring to the table that is very different than the skill sets of a lot of the counselors and a lot of folks who are running. So I guess, all right. So what is, you know, you're, you're running because you, you sort of have this vision. So like, what are some of the concrete steps, you know, if you get back into office and obviously you're one city councilor and, you know, not the whole council and uh, obviously the mayor's office has a lot of power and whatnot. So, you know, with, with the caveats that you won't be God emperor, um, <laughs> like what are some of the concrete uh, uh, steps you'd like to take and that you'd try to take and hopefully succeed uh, if we if you're catapulted into into this uh, at-large seat for the next two, couple of years? I I would say that, you know, first off, what I've done in my time here uh, in, in, in this area has been creating and building community. You know, I, I, I came here, I, I originated from the D.C. Maryland area. I went to school in D.C., uh, came up to Amherst College and 
somehow found myself as an MC, as a rapper. Mm -hmm. uh, there, there is no uh, blueprint for that. So a lot of what I have done here has been building community. Um, you know, the band mm -hmm. I play now, Mystics, we, we built that community around it. All the work that I did at Bishop's Lounge was was community building and outreach, finding a space for creatives to be creative. Mm -hmm. um, and what I've been doing as a counselor is just an extension of that. So again, I've, I've been on the Vibrancy Project. Uh, we've got a couple of, of events that I have coming up that we're working on. I was you know, part of the team that planned the tribute to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm working on uh, a couple other uh, events that Hold are- Hold on, let's back up. Well, yeah. Beep, the, beep, beep. What did you say about the turtles? <laughs> Uh, so the the city is working on uh, doing a tribute to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It is, uh, in my opinion, an economic boost for the city. Um, you know, I was tasked, I was part of the Vibrancy Project, which the Northampton Vibrancy Project was a, um, a collaborative effort between the city of Northampton with the Chamber of Commerce, with... Uh, the Downtown Northampton Association and, and other folks uh, looking at ways to revitalize Northampton. And so I was the chair of the entertainment branch, the subcommittee. And so uh, part of what I did was look at ways to expand events that already exist. So, you know, find ways to make the three county fair benefit downtown a little better. Also, I was tasked with creating um, events and things to uh, draw people to our area. And so I, uh, when I was working on that, I realized that, you know, there's, there's no better way to salute our city than to celebrate things that have, you know, been created and have uh, originated here. And so if you don't know, the Teenage Mutant, Mutant Ninja Turtles have a deep, rich history in our city. Uh, and so myself- Kevin and Peter were here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and Michael knows as he ran- uh, of modern myths uh, that you know that that connection uh, is important and it's a it's a rare thing to have uh, a genuine pop culture uh, you know phenomenon originate from your city so mm. you know my, my thought is that this tribute that we're working on towards the Ninja Turtles not only pays homage to uh, our connection to the turtles but also gives incentive for people who didn't know that to, to come and visit so I, i've been working closely with brian foot from um he's the culture and arts director of northampton uh of, of you know coming up with a cultural map of you know the turtles of, of where the spaces are and and ways to not only bring folks but also generate revenue um so I, I don't want to get too far ahead and spill all the beans on what I'm working on with that. But that's just an example of uh, some of the things that I've been doing and working on. And I truly see uh, our future being uh, tied to our entertainment, our arts, our culture. Uh, we, we live in a time where creator uh, content is king right now. You know, podcasts mm. like this. Uh, shows like you know people are creating things and I think that Northampton has always had a tie to creativity and so uh, my goal hopefully in the next term is to push that forward uh, not only for our city but also to look at things in a bigger picture to think regionally uh, I'm a little tired of of us thinking of things in terms of you know Holyoke versus Springfield Northampton versus East Hampton Amherst versus you know blah 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 um, 
because the thing that's unique about us is that within a 25, 30 minute radius, you can experience so many things. You can go to a farm, uh, you can go hiking, you can go to a casino and enjoy the city in Springfield. Um, you know, you could, you could do all these things. And so part of what I want to do in the expanded role as an at-large counselor is really speak for our city and reach out to some of the other uh, city and municipalities and, and start building those bridges the same way I've been doing since I was running bishops and, and leading the alchemistics. Hmm. Well, cool. <laughs> um, so my question sounds really please, petty. Yeah, yeah go In ahead, Sue, because I was just suddenly having guy. like a, a, a like <laughs> brain fart. It's like, Arr! so yeah, go ahead. But I was wondering. Well, and it's, yeah. As you know, Garrick, I'm the Republican conservative on this uh, on this wonderful civil politics show, and uh -huh. you know I've I've been following the controversy around the downtown plan, and I was going to say, what do you think of losing 56 parking spaces? But it seems like such a petty question, given the vision that you just laid out for Northampton and how, I mean, you you sort of like go, let's go big, you know, let's well, let's really do what we do well. Nah, I was going to ask too, so. I mean, if you want people to come and to come and spend their time, their evenings uh, doing the nightlife, a place for them to park their cars is probably useful. So, <laughs> which is, I would say, Sue, a there's no petty questions here. Uh, Just petty people. <laughs> I didn't say that. Yeah, Mike. <laughs> uh, I'm used to it. Don't worry, Garrick. <laughs> but but I think that you know, with with the vision, uh, there there is a, a pragmatism to it. Like the reality is that. You know, people do want to be able to park where, you know, things are accessible. But, you know, my response to that is having to walk a little further means that you walk past another store. You see something uh, that you might not have seen before, uh, which will then generate revenue. So, uh, as you know, the city does not generate a lot of revenue from parking. But we do get, uh, you know, our, our sales tax and, you know, our meals tax and, and whatnot. So, um you know, my my plan and my vision is really to to focus on ways to keep people in our city to while you might have to walk a little further than you were used to uh, on that walk. You're going to see and experience things that you never could have before. Uh, that is going to make people tell other people about our city. It's going to make people want to, you know, maybe stop in at a, a restaurant or a store that's having a quick pop up or things like that. So I, I think the way to you know, assuage people's fears is, is to have them know that there is an overarching plan. You know, I think that a lot of people are, are nervous about change. Again, we came out of COVID, which is one of the biggest change I think all of us here in this Zoom have experienced. Uh, mm, yeah. <laughs> and, it, and, you know, coming out of that, there was this pullback of, of change. So, you know, when, when you're forced to not be among people, people are like trying to hold on to the little vestiges of, of things that they um, are, are familiar and close to them. And so I think the, the biggest thing about this redesigning of Main Street is that fear. And I hope people know that uh, while I, I still harbor some of those, you know, like I, I'm, I'm nervous all the time about change, but uh you know, with with a clear vision and, and some clear guidance, which the city has, um, you know, our, our mayor right now has really focused on trying to create events. You know, I've named three of them just now, um, you know, Summer on Strong, Sonic Street Live, 
bands from Brewster, but you know, the taste of Northampton is back. Like things like that are, are what is going to help our city uh, become vibrant again. And I, and I personally want to lean into those things. Um, can I, I just want to go back to the parking spaces for, for a bit and like dovetail on that. Um, are you going to increase the amount of handicap spaces in the city if you're going to reduce the amount of parking spaces overall? I believe, uh, and I know this from, from my council meeting, is that we just did an inventory of uh, handicap spots and uh, there was a discrepancy. And so we are we will be keeping and I think increasing by at least one or two spaces, the handicap spaces. So there like will be accessibility. Good, good. Uh, and, and also part of the redesign is to make all of our downtown uh, Main Street, the sidewalks and, and whatnot, more accessible for people with disabilities. So, uh, you know, it, it. I think overall, this process has had a focus on people, uh, whether, you know, it's not it's people trying to park, but getting out of their cars. Um, and so, you know, while it seems like we're going to lose some spaces overall, uh, the amount of a uh, handicap spaces will be the same, but also navigating the city will feel safer you know if you're in a wheelchair and you have to uh, or a, a mobility assisted device you have to cross our long main street it's it's pretty excessive it's it's a it's a it, long it way could be better yeah more opportunities for injuries so yeah. you know we've this, the city and the planners have been really focused on ways to just make sure that everyone can be safe and access well, I mean, that's, that's good. Uh, the, like I, I use a cane and I have, um, a condition that doesn't allow me to walk that far. So I was just thinking, like, listening to you talking about like, you know, people walking around and finding that's fine, you know, that's cool. But like, if I want to go someplace on main street, then I need to have like, and like a lot of people like me need to have a, a parking space we can get to that that restaurant we can get to that that store um and i'm hoping that there's i know there was a controversy a while ago about uh benches on this on the streets is that settled we're, we're not we're not removing benches or is that still happening i i believe that we're not and and again i could go to the the city's website everything for picture main street is right there on the main page uh but my belief in, in from looking over some of the designs is that we're going to increase the amount of benches and places for people to sit and enjoy. And, and in fact, we will decrease the amount of time. So when you when you park uh, now on our new main street, uh, you won't have to walk as far to go across the other street. So it'll reduce the time or, you know, when you have to walk with your cane. Um, and, and I also have to salute um, the, the person who is running for my ward four seat, Jeremy McCormick Dubs is uh, a big advocate for uh, disability and the disability commission, and I think that moving forward, we're going to have a, a big focus on that. Uh, speaking of benches, uh, is the is the city going to you know if you're installing new benches, are they going to be you know normal benches, or are you going to employ some hostile architecture to make them uncomfortable for people who are you know not just sitting there for a few minutes? Oh, I don't know the answer to that one. I'm, I'm going to not even going to try and pretend like I am into bench architecture. Uh, right. Well, you I, know, and, and, and like, like you know, you you put a bar in there so nobody oh, can I, sleep. Oh, I, oh, on I know it. what yeah. you're, you're saying, but yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't think we're even at that point of the design work hmm. that we're we're talking about. That you know, we're really talking about right now. We're at the 25 percent mark 
Well, what uh, about well, but I mean, as a philosophy, uh, uh, I you know, I I'm presuming that uh, as a city councilor in Northampton, you're not a big fan of hostile architecture. But I've noticed that you know some of the benches I've seen around town certainly have it. You know, up near the courthouse and whatnot. Yeah, I I, I am not a fan of that. Uh, again, like I said before, my my whole thing has been building community, uh, and mm. you know, hostile architecture is is against that, and yeah. so. Uh, my hope is that we can move away from that uh, and, and find ways to integrate all of our population because, um, you know, our biggest resource in this city is people. Mm. And any way that we make... Think... Oh, go ahead, Sue. I was going to say, I think that was the last mayor. Mayor Narkowitz is the one that took out all the benches and the businesses went crazy because, you know, people who are older or have disabilities do need those benches to get from one spot to another. I'm so lazy. I don't even park on Crafts Avenue anymore. I'm very healthy and very athletic, but for 72 years old, but I don't like that hill. And you have to walk up the hill to pay for parking and then go back down and put it in your car. It's like, oh my God, <laughs> I like the meters right there, spots right there. But you know, I'm 72, so change is hard. Change is very hard. Do you think you'll have public bathrooms? There is work uh, to have uh, a public bathroom in Pulaski Park. Uh, oh, cool. This, this current city council will vote on it. I believe it's the Portland Lou. It's one of these uh, fancy uh, public bathrooms, which I never thought I would say I was excited to learn about public bathrooms <laughs> uh, ever in my life. Like all, all the things that rappers they can talk about. In- I mean, why? <laughs> They're awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a shiny rap thing, you know. I thought I would I be mean, talking about ice. We could do a few tracks on on roundabouts, you know. Yeah, so in, in so I say that to say there there is there's work for it, and and um with again with an eye on safety, you know the the Portland yeah. I believe in in the bathroom we're working on uh, allows people to access it, but also minimizes the the risk of of you know people harming themselves and whatnot, and um. Lurking and hiding or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Uh, In New York City, they slept in them. They they somebody would go in and they'd like commandeer because they were heated because they have water, you know, and they clean themselves and they had to take them out because people were living in them because they're warm. Yeah. And they're clean and they're clean. Almost seems like it would be easy to build housing for people like cheap housing for people. Yeah. Well, let's not get into the 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 <laughs> obvious and 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 serious problems Crazy of the New York Democratic Party and their attitude towards anybody without money. Yeah, call Santos; he'll fix things. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's. A, I think that he's the man that we need the, in the right now. Santos twenty twenty four. That's what I say. I, I got a crazy thing to share about him, by the way, but uh, we can do that later. We are actually uh, we just sort of reached the end of our first half of the show. So, uh, Garrick Perry, uh, uh, old friend of mine, uh, glad to have you on the show. Uh, you're running for city council. Uh, you know, good luck. Uh, the election is going to be uh, a week from Tuesday, November seventh, uh, right? No, yes, eight. it is seventh. Yes, remember right. you have Tuesday the seventh. Right, you have two votes for at large. Right, so. there are two at large seats, and I believe four people running. So maybe give one of those to Garrick. It's up to you, folks. 
Uh, we at civil politics do not uh, endorse candidates. Yeah, there's, there's a debate next next Tuesday. Well, November first. November first. I think it's mm-hmm. seven to nine. November first so is a Wednesday, see, actually. Oh, sorry, Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. See you all in person. Yep, uh, Wednesday, yep. November first. Otherwise, but don't forget to vote. It's a week after Halloween. So uh, after you're done uh, gorging on candy, go be a civic participant. I'll never be done. <laughs> well, I, I'll I never be say, done. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me on the show. Thank you for what oh, you're sure. doing. Uh, civil engagement is important. And yeah. uh, I, I really appreciate the time and the, the witty banter. This is awesome. <laughs> thank, well, you for, thank you very much for being on. We really appreciate it. We we do. And um, yeah, uh, well, however it turns out, certainly what you're interested in is, stu- is the kind of stuff that we are interested in on civil politics. So whether you make it, in, whether you get elected or not, uh, maybe we can talk some more about, uh, you know, revitalizing the city and making it a better community for everybody. That That's always good. Yes. All right. Well, Thank you, everyone. Garrick, good Thank to see you, man. Live long and prosper. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll be back with uh, more civil politics here on Valley Free Radio in just a couple of minutes. So please don't go away. We'll be right back. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in a CD or tape player. Each week presenting shows which can at times be organized orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Hey, this is Wendy, host of Valley Free Radio's subculture music program, featuring new wave, post-punk, indie, and electronic music from the 70s to today. Join me every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ, or stream it live from your favorite listening device at valleyfreeradio.org. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm still Michael Dow, still doing the show with John Rowan Sue. Uh, and uh, we're going to move on from uh, our interview with Garrick Perry and talking about local politics and talk about, uh, well, larger scale politics. Uh, let's start with something less uh bloodthirsty, depressing, awful, dis- terrible. Uh, how about the House of Representatives and uh, the new Speaker of the House? Maga um, Mike Johnson. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Which absolutely so, sounds like an like an alias that someone might use. Like, <laughs> I, uh, I'm checking into the hotel. Malone. Well, Matches Malone, <laughs> or I, w- I was going to say, yes, I'm Mike Johnson, and this young lady with me is my wife and we'd like a room together preferably one that's discreet yeah (laughs) we don't need it for long (laughs) Uh, sir can i have an id 
No, you need no? an ID to get a to get a room. That's the law. Well, good Do day you? to you, sir. <laughs> actually, is that the law? I thought if you paid cash, you didn't have to actually produce. It, a, no, it's a, not a the law. It depends on the on the chain, but usually people ask for an ID because you know sure. people like license plate stuff. number. But to- like you know, totally no, that. there are still no tell motels. There are still those. Yeah, and I think it's not illegal because the people making the laws do not want that to happen. <laughs> Even if they use them sometimes. Oh, it might not be. Like I'll, Johnson, ch- I'll no. check. <laughs> not, re- Republican from Louisiana, and there's, you know, as a Republican, I'm horrified that that's who is the new speaker second in line to the presidency. Why so? Because I mean, I've, I haven't really heard of this fellow before this week, Sue. Um, but he, he's, well, the, he's the choice after they get, after Jim Jordan and Steve Scalise were both uh, uh, dropped out. Uh, they made deals. Well, they had to make some major deals with this. Well, some some of it is that they say it's his temperament and that he hasn't violated any promises, that he's kind of a stand-up guy. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, why I'm so horrified is he opposed the certification of the election. He opposes mm. same-sex marriage, thinks it should be mm. outlawed. He has no leadership experience. He has no fundraising. And the Speaker of the House is sort of the leading fundraiser organizer for national stuff. And, you Mm -hmm. know, he's just he's just a rep from one section of Louisiana. You know, he doesn't have connections with big donors. He's number 208 in seniority in the House. And he opposes Ukraine aid. I mean, who is this guy? (laughs) Um, well, I was, I was reading. Oh, sorry. That what, he's not. Well, I was going to say that he's not a, a good uh, fit for the Republican Party's political apparatus. Honestly, doesn't bother me at all. But, um, you know, because you guys don't need any help with that. You've got all the billionaires you can you can carry. But, um, uh, yeah, the uh, uh, election, you know, denying the, ele- you know, trying to rig the election, uh, saying let's not help Ukraine fight off an invasion and let's, you know, be horrible to gay people. Well, yeah. And I imagine he's probably also uh, uh, anti-choice and uh, probably vents about critical. And he probably vents about critical race theory. So I don't know about that. I actually was reading about him and one thing caught my eye. He Mm -hmm. really, really loves covenant marriage. Remind me what that is exactly. It's some religious covenant marriage. It is. It is religious, but um, one of the main things is that you uh, like it's you can get a covenant marriage. It's a very specific kind of marriage uh, under like a few southern state laws. But a covenant covenant for for like a very specific kinds of people. (laughs) No, not very specific kinds of people, as as we understand it. It's more religious people. Um, oh, there okay. is some that that Venn diagram is not a circle, so it almost right. is though. So uh, a covenant marriage is when you agree when you marry to go through couples counseling beforehand, and if you need, there is no no fault divorce, uh-huh. uh huh, which is an issue. Oh, he doesn't oh, so believe in no fault divorce. Yeah, the, this. Oh, so it's more religious than civil. It Got is. It. Yep. Um, but he can, they can make it the law. Like this is how marriage works. And the the biggest thing that I read was to get a divorce. Since there's no fault divorce, you have to separate, go to counseling for two years before uh, a legal separation can occur. Hmm. So that means if someone's being abused 
or something, they might not allow because there is a, in covenant marriage, like one of the reasons that you can get divorce is abuse or, or a felony or something like that. But, you know, who's going to determine that? Um, probably someone we don't want. So it's it's very no, it's certainly not going to be some woman who like has her own opinions about things. No, like, come on. No, it's very harmful. Anytime I hear about like no fault divorce or uh, a reduction in alimony or something like that, it's it it just alarm bells, you know. Um, but yeah, he's yeah. totally into that. Um, I don't know why he. I think I think like he's a maga type, but he also doesn't like. He's not in the news all the time, you know. He's not like Bobert or I uh, or gates nobody knows him so that might be why they were like okay we can agree on this guy because he'll just do his job for a little while and then we'll we'll do something else maybe because they want to get this done they want it out of the news and if they chose a firebrand this would keep going in the news cycle mm. that's probably <laughs> also why they're standing so yeah. no nonsense no well i hope he keeps his promises when the democrats negotiate with him because what was his promise it, well, well no, in I'm contrast saying, to if, kevin if, mccarthy if, who did not oh yeah, in just, the future keep his promises yeah. oh yeah yeah, you yeah, know yeah. What? i yeah. i'm i'm not shocked that nobody's been working on this like they don't have a speaker but they still could be negotiating you you doofs who do you negotiate with I don't know the the, the the Scalise or something. I don't know. Or like there, there's no just, point in trying to make a deal with somebody who who you know won't have the authority to actually speak for the people you're negotiating with. You no, know? I mean, but if you I, have a young enough leader, you can you can influence the second in charge. Yeah, I'm just if saying, trusted. like, like a if few, Scalise is trusted. Yeah. I, I'm just saying a few uh, representatives talking to like some Democrats, just like what's going on you know like like they or just in their own maybe camps. that's been happening i don't know i'm hoping i'm hoping because they have less than a month yep. so we need to get on it they we they need to get on it or else thanksgiving is not going to be fun I mean, <laughs> yeah, sometimes Thanksgiving is fun. CR. <laughs> I, I think they'll do a CR because he only just got elected and it's like three weeks before yeah. we go, you know, run out of money. And they just adjourned they, for a week, didn't they? Now that he's uh, been yeah. appointed. Yeah. Did, really? Did they? Oh. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, man. Ugh. Ugh. Well, it is Thursday, Friday. I hate it. So, Thanks. Yeah. I hate it. Well, and the priorities coming up are November 17th, run out of money, mm -hmm. uh, Taiwan, Ukraine, aid, I'll include Israel in that, energy mm. and water budget, the farm bill has expired, and the reauthorization of the FAA. You know, just a few things <laughs> that are going off the cliff. Yeah, yeah. So the, well, I, you know, I mean, air safety is uh, definitely something we can cut corners with. <sighs> do we really need an atmosphere? I mean, really? I don't know that we do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, I mean, you know. I have plenty if, of if air in my wanna, house. So. Yeah. <laughs> if people want to breathe, <laughs> then they can build domes over their houses or, or rent scuba equipment for 
hundreds of dollars a year. Like that's, I mean, it's just good business. You know? You're you're not wrong, but the FAA handles aviation, not the actual atmosphere. You're no, I, okay. Oh, we were talking about energy and water. Oh, I, yeah, I thought we were talking yeah. about. I thought we were talking about climate change. My bad. But no, that <laughs> oh. too. Um, yeah. By the way, did you guys see that Acapulco got absolutely hammered by a hurricane? Yep. Uh, it turned into a, a class five or um, trop- whatever it intensified is, five. from trop- uh, tropical storm all the way up to the the high end of the hurricane scale in twelve in hours. Like one because day. The, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. the ocean's so warm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a bathtub. It's great. Yep. Guess I'll sell that land in Florida. It'll be underwater soon. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> also, okay. F- for that matter, uh, there is a mass coral bleaching event happening across the Caribbean Sea. Yeah, because they're boiling that's off the pH. coral. <laughs> yeah, yep, that's the that's the pH and temperature right there, it, and that's a really indeed. big body of water. So we've yep. we've uh, there's no buffering left. It's run out of buffering capacity. We've mm-hmm. we've done it. We've hit the tipping point from my yep. perspective. Okay, well, so much for the show. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> But yeah, okay. uh, maybe maybe Mike Johnson is will maybe um you know he'll get into office and and it'll be he's playing the long game and he's starting to to pass like abortion rights and 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 implementing critical race theory literally everywhere just. Well, he's a Louisiana Republican, so I imagine he's also got strong ties to the oil and gas industries. That's what I'm saying. He's playing the long game. Ooh, all right. Well, the, and he's the, like, oh, I'm a leftist. Ha, boom, baby. And then he starts outlawing oil or something. You know, he could be like those those politicians. And um, there was one in Virginia, one in South Carolina. Uh, the people, they were yeah. they were in uh, Democratic enclaves, um, like, high, like blue, blue, blue enclaves, like these small sections in each of these red states. And they just flipped to Republican and the people like were voting cinema. for the Democrats to make sure that they didn't have a supermajority. Then this woman like switches. I forget who her name. Did you know her name, Sue? I don't. I okay. Don't. So they, she was- switches and now they have a supermajority and they can pass all this stuff. And everybody's like, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> so I want that hey, the other way. Lie. Sometimes for good reason. I want that to go sometimes. the other way. I and want sometimes re- for bad yeah. reasons. I which, want a Republican which, yeah. to just flip over to, to being a leftist. Let's go. Sue, uh, yeah. Sue, was it you who was telling me about uh, Kirsten Cinema's new book? No, not me. Was it calling about that? But- isn't uh, but, she she's unenrolled now and she is she not going to run i forget right she yeah. said that she she wasn't running she said she didn't care if she didn't get reelected and that she had single-handedly saved the senate or something like that i don't know i'd had oh to God, this woman. yeah 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 she's gonna go be a ceo or something somewhere pretty much like uh, you know the, like, like the, the now i now i'm set for life can go on any corporate board or whatever yeah um yeah yeah, uh, she reminds me of Thomas. Yes, Clarence Thomas. Yes, oh, and Clarence Thomas. And we oh. just continue to find out about him. Just all kinds of shady financial dealings, like uh, you know, like a loan on a on a home now, like another one, and like a 
like a gift of an RV or something like that. I'm going like, to, I'm going to say something real quick, um, re- real quick. Uh, I think he's waiting for 2024 to retire. He's, he's got a, he got a, um, and he's just milking it, milking his position to make sure that he has everything he needs for retirement. He's got a new home in Savannah. He's got an RV. He's been doing bucket list type vacations. Like, dude, he's, he's retiring. This is retirement stuff. Um, and he's, he's squeezing it all in. He's just squeezing. Yeah. I, th- I, I highly think because at the end, like if he can, if he can get a, get away with it for long enough, then he'll just step down after the election or something, you know, but he doesn't want, I bet, I, I bet he'll, he'll announce his retirement this year, like after this session or after the, um, the election. If a Republican is, if the, yeah, if a especially if a Republican is elected, I think he's pulling a Ginsburg. Mm, Ginsburg wasn't lining her own pockets, though. No, I mean waiting. Yeah. Well, and uh, who knows? I got to say, one of the many reasons why what's happening in Israel is so upsetting and by no means the most important reason, you know, that would be like the, you know, the genocides and the continued attacks on, uh, you know, starving people in the world's largest concentration camp and so forth. Obviously, that would be the worst of it but um yeah. yeah but also um president biden is president biden because in no small measure uh a lot of younger voters turned out in force that like like really unusually high turnout for younger voters turned out and yeah. overwhelmingly voted for him because they were quite rightly alarmed by donald trump mm-hmm. so uh a lot of the we're I think we're starting to see like the the really the fruits of cultural change that was being sown probably before I was born even, but certainly starting from my childhood. Um uh I I don't know about really young kids today. I don't know how many of them actually grew up on Mr. Rogers per se, but they certainly grew up uh in a cultural milieu that was shaped. By Mr. Rogers, uh, both people sort of compared, like, looking at him. Yeah, Sesame Street. But well, uh, Sesame Street as well. Yeah. But I mean, I'm specifically thinking of Mr. Rogers because, um, you know, the, the, there's there's a um, there's a there's a under understated power in, you know, the 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 famous theme song to his show, you know. Uh, uh, you know, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood and won't you be my neighbor, you know? And it's, it's a, it's a song of supplication. It is not like a, uh, you know, it, it's not a song about how cool you are or whatever. It's a song about how much you want someone else to join you in fellowship. And, uh, that sense of, you know, we care about other people. We care about kindness and fairness and, uh, uh, you know, seeing past uh, obvious and superficial divisions like skin color or nationality or gender identity and all that other stuff to get to the the common core of humanity that we all share. Well, uh, you know, I took that to heart when I was a kid, and that's why uh, I've turned out the way I am, for better or for worse. And there's a whole gener whole generations after me that are shaped by similar media 
and a longer sort of runtime of it. And uh, younger voters, uh, uh, you know, like me, are like, oh, my God, Hamas just murdered all those people. That's horrifying. That's awful. Oh, my God. Oh, wait, but Israel's response is to murder a whole bunch of people, including lots of kids. That's awful, murder too. More. Right. We, like, yeah. we, 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 you know, none of this is good. Neither side, you know, the murders by, by, by the murders on both sides are equally unacceptable. And that is not how the U.S. government and spe- especially President Biden is responding. And like, the, yeah. there's early polling out just saying like, like there's a huge drop uh, in support for President Biden now amongst younger voters because of and they, also they, be- black voters. Yeah, because they perceive him as like being firmly uh, on the side of Israel and not willing to call Israel. It's one thing to say, like, I, you know, we are allies with Israel and we want to support the the peace and safety and security of the people of Israel. Like, I support that. But at the same time, that doesn't mean so I'm going to turn a blind eye to you dropping bombs on a hospital. So that's that's that that could torpedo him getting reelected if, if a lot of people decide like, well, you know, what's the difference? I'm going to stay home uh, and not vote for this guy, you know? I do want to quote, do a um, talk about sure, the yeah. quote um, real quick about uh, from Please. the oh, yeah. Israeli um, the, the Israeli Prime Minister, the official Twitter account of the I'm not calling it X, the official Twitter account of uh, the Israel um, Prime Minister. Uh, mm-hmm. This was posted on the 16th and then sub- subsequently deleted. This quote: "This is a struggle between the children of the light, the children of light." And the children of darkness between humanity and the law of the jungle. And I believe he was quoting something he'd said in public to the Knesset as well. So he did. He was. Yeah. He called he well afterwards he said the children of light and the children of darkness, which still is bad. This is dehumanization. This yep. is say and especially saying the law of the jungle that that really tells people what he thinks is going on in the uh, in the Gaza in the Gaza Strip or the yeah the Gaza Strip what yep. he, what what would and really saying like how he thinks about throwing troops in there it because it's the jungle now apparently yeah. so there's it's lawlessness it's chaotic and they will be bringing civilization to the children of darkness I am not reading too much into this. No. It bothers the hell it's out of me. It's horrifying. Yeah. And, and without even having to get into the the, the huge racist uh, uh, element to that. Yeah. But like, it's yeah. – and he's not – and he's saying the children – and someone could say, oh, he's just talking about Hamas. Then say that. If you're yeah. talking yeah. about specifically Hamas, then you need to say that because, yes, they are not good people. I like – I I support Palestine as much as I can, but you know, don't launch attacks and like mur- like murder people. That's not okay. I don't like it. I'm not a fan. I'm gonna be brave and say that. Um, I don't care who who says what about it. I don't like people dying. Hm. That's yeah. right. But um, well, you yeah, guys, I don't like it. No, I'm this. You I know, I'm this. a militarist, and I mm-hmm. I find that statement. A- so horrifying by Netanyahu. That's just 
I mean, that's that's how you take people's land is you say, well, there's just savages there. Yeah. You know, they're not really people. I I think we should do a Berlin style airdrop. I think the U.S. should pack up all the water and all the um, food and drop it by parachute over Gaza. And yes. just tell Israel to if you shoot down our planes, that's the end of our aid to you. Yeah. But Gaza, you know, just drop food and water. Just do it like we well, did in Berlin. It was the only way. I mean, we, so, we do have some power over Israel. We can say, like, sure. stop doing this and we won't give you money. Well, like, we'll turn off your Iron Dome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, 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 a little thing a president could do. Sure, we've sent a couple of aircraft carriers and I get that. It makes sense. Why don't we send a couple of hospital ships, too? Like Gaza is having all kinds of problems with, with hospitals and being overwhelmed and whatnot. So how about yeah, just how about we help? Bring them up yeah. on the Mediterranean. Yeah, bring yeah. them out where Gaza has, even though Israel has their, their water blockaded, just say, get out of the way, Israel. Yeah. I just want to end you know, on like a positive thing. Like there is so much that we could do. There are so there are so there are so many pathways to actually helping everybody in this conflict. The, yes, the country, our country, just has to have the bravery and the stalwartness to do it. We can help so many people. There are not a lot of people. There's like two million people in Gaza. Yeah, that's nothing. We can help everybody. We can help Israel. We can help everybody. We have I, the means. And I, I mean, yeah. Because, I mean, we could fight a big war and spend a trillion dollars on blowing people up. Why don't we spend a chunk of that helping people? It would be a nice change. Exactly. We can do that. I don't think Biden or the new speaker are modern men. No. They're not modern. They, no. they ascribe to antiquity. Literally, Biden's from the silent generation. He is not modern by any means. But yeah. um, <laughs> but uh, he we, could. he is doing better with – this than other presidents which is um, yeah. but um he i i think that we there is a way that we can we can help and i hope i hope i hope that someone in the government can can do something like that i i agree yeah. and uh we'll see what happens uh, i'm hoping that uh enough of the israeli people will will rise up and kick their corrupt prime minister out of office uh for all kinds of reasons, and maybe that'll help. But anyway, we do have to, to the, wrap it up. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Last word, Sue. The, you know the two women that were just released as hostages, two, two Israeli women? Yes. Um, one of them is a super peace activist, and as she was leaving the arms of her, host, her hostage taker, she shook his hand and said, Shalom, and the press has been all over her for extending that humanity to him. And she said, he, he treated me fine. Once we got to Gaza, they fed me they gave me medical care they did not treat me badly and she said this will never end if we keep trying to kill each other i thought that is a brave and her husband's still a hostage i mean she you know and the press is like oh no you can't do that we have to hate yeah okay oh, man. so much more we could say about this but we, we do have to wrap up i'm afraid well we can come back to it though again because it's certainly sadly not going away but anyway, that'll do it for now for Civil Politics Tonight here on Valley Free Radio. Uh, later tonight, we've got... Uh, 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 <laughs> later tonight, we've got Subculture, followed by Table of Contents uh, at 10, and then OK Asia at midnight. Uh, we've got a repeat broadcast Monday afternoon at 4 p.m. 
uh, followed by Democracy Now! and then Reggae Down. Uh, and uh, we also podcasted This Goes Out tomorrow morning. And you can go to our website, civilpoliticsradio.com, and listen to it whenever you like. Or email contact at civilpoliticsradio.com if you want to, I don't know, sound off about our crazy ideas. Anyway, that'll do it for now. Thanks for listening. Good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.